Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Guess what? I love it when a plan comes together. And that's what we're dealing with right now with our next guest. We have Peter Navarro, former assistant to President Trump and director of the Office of National Trade and Manufacturing Policy. He's the author of the new book, Trump Time, a journal on America's plague. It's available in ebook versions and actually paperback. And really, you just have to click through to Amazon in the show notes for today's program, and you can get that in your hot little hands. Thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. Great to talk to you again. Hey, great to be with you, uh, Stacy. And and the, the the title of the book itself, uh, I think, says a lot. It's it's in Trump time. It's a coinage. Uh, that I came up with early in 2017 when I first joined the administration. There were a bunch of bureaucrats uh, in, in, in a room telling me that uh, they couldn't move the Trump agenda. It would take six months or a year, whatever, and it, and it just out of my mouth popped, no, 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 we're doing this in Trump time as quickly as possible. And I started using that whenever I wanted to... Uh, excoriate these deep swamp bureaucrats and it came in really handy as a way of thinking once the pandemic hit because we didn't have a minute to waste Stacy. We didn't. And and the thing that I, I feel like from you, Peter, is you have a sense of urgency about this. Um, you you have this personal relationship with President Trump and you've spent time working alongside him in the White House, assisting with getting um, a lot of very important things together for the American people. And now we are seeing those same things, those same successes being dismantled by Biden. He's literally taking apart the successes bit by bit. Um, what What can you tell us about the putting it back together again. President Trump says he's going to make America great again, again. That's in the future. How would he go about doing that? Well, the, the epilogue in the In Trump Time book basically lays out the blueprint to, to uh, restore uh, the Trump agenda politically, economically, geopolitically, and militarily. Uh, but I think uh, it's really important for us to focus on the here and now, and in the In Trump Time book, there are several important missions that we need to move quickly on. Uh, the first is, is Tony Fauci. Um, my, uh, I've, got a, I've got a guarantee, right? You buy In Trump Time and read it, and if by the end you don't think Tony Fauci should be in jail, I will give you twice your money back. Because from the, the second chapter where I meet Fauci on till the end where I have repeated clashes with him, he engages in all manner of behavior which which lead to blood on his hands, the, the needless death of, of, of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And uh, my interactions with him, which I describe in detail, leaves me with the, with the impression that all he is is a narcissist and a sociopath out for Tony Fauci. And we really need to bring him to account. At, at the same time, we also need to bring the uh, Communist Chinese Party to account. In the In Trump Time book, there's several chapters where I describe what I call the five heinous acts of Communist China that turned what could have been a contained outbreak of a virus into a global pandemic. Uh, I think, Stacy, the worst thing they did was, even as they locked down their own country, and uh, the, the 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 dark comedy I use there is tighter than the snap ties on a Uyghur prisoner they locked down their country. They were freely allowing 
gleaming jetliners, Airbuses, Boeings to take 20,000 Chinese nationals a day into America, many infected with the virus. The global travel of these Chinese nationals guaranteed that they see that it spread of the virus and, and, and left us with a pandemic, um, which, which raises the question, which I raised in Chapter 1, when the Chinese come to town to sign a trade deal, whether the virus is a bioweapon designed to take out a sitting president. Uh, the last thing, uh, Stacey, we need to get to the bottom of is uh, the stolen election on November 3rd and the uh, what really happened uh, on January 6th, including uh, the story behind the story I tell about the betrayal of President Trump by Mike Pence, and that's the last chapter in Trump time. So now that, that we see a lot of the things that President Trump predicted, Peter, he said, you know, even during the debates, he said, oh, he'll, you know, he'll destroy our energy sector. He'll he'll end the pipelines. He'll increase the cost of gas. Yeah. President Trump was yeah. very specific about what Joe Biden would do if he was brought into the presidency. We're seeing exactly that. Is it reversible? A lot of people are concerned that this is the end of our country. I think we're stronger than Joe Biden, as bad as he can be, America is better. But can it be reversed? How would how would we go about reversing all of these awful things that Biden is doing in this short time? Well, if you look at the, the you know, I'm, I'm one of only three senior officials who was with the president from the 2016 campaign to the end. In 2016, as the top economic advisor, we had a clear plan to grow the economy. It was four points of the compass. Uh, it was corporate tax cuts, not to help the corporations, but to induce them to invest in American factories. Uh, deregulation to make our companies more competitive. Uh, the um, uh, strategic energy dominance and energy independence, which meant uh, making our, particularly our fossil fuels and our frackers, uh, free to produce. Uh, and all, most of all, and I was the tip of the spear on this, making sure we had fair trade from a world where much of this trade is predatory. So, that, Stacey, that's the, that's the ba- basis and backbone for strong economic growth, okay? Now, Biden, Obama, for eight years, didn't embrace that and had subpar growth of stagnant wages. We come in and do that. We have above uh, forecast growth and rising real wages, particularly for blue-collar and black and brown Americans, right? So Biden reverts to the Obama-Biden mean. He's basically going against all those growth drivers. Now, the other thing that, that, that was critical, and this gives you your guide to the way forward, um, the other aspect uh, of our growth drivers was buy American, hire American. Stacey, when you, when you have your factories, on American soil, the supply chains congregate around those factories, and the supply chains are resilient. When the globalist rhino Wall Street Republicans and Uniparty, the Democrats, send those jobs offshore to leverage the sweatshops of Asia, those supply chains become fragile at the best of times and broken in times like we are now in a pandemic. So if you ask me, is there a way forward? Sure, just use the Trump economic strategy, uh, buy American, hire American, easy peasy. Um, do I think that's going to happen in Biden world? Uh, the pigs will fly before that happens, which is why I get back to 
getting to the bottom of November 3rd. Let me ask you this, Stacey. Suppose you were sitting uh, in this country in November of 1961, and you knew then what we know now, that uh, as a matter of historical fact, there's no dispute about this, Kennedy, through Mayor Daley, stole the election from Nixon. In November of 1961, if you knew that, would you say, uh, well, let's wait till 62 and Nixon can run again in 64? Or would you say, no, 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 that was stolen, unfair and unsquare. We need to take that back now. And I think that's where we're at historically, because there's no question now. I've proven in the In Trump Time book, read it, you will find that election was stolen. It was stolen in Arizona. It was stolen in Georgia. Was stolen in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So the the issue that Americans are having is getting that same attitude that you've just shared into the the state legislatures and the elected officials because everything having to do with elections is supposed to be managed at the state legislature level, not election boards, not bureaucrats, not uh, people who are you know kind of bought and paid for by Mark Zuckerberg. None of that is supposed to happen because the controlling body for our local elections, state by state, is the state legislature. How do we get the Republicans to kind of take responsibility, sir, for what is their responsibility in these Republican-controlled legislatures at the state level where they allowed election boards to institute new policies? They allowed governors to instruct on new policies surrounding elections. But none of that is constitutional. None of it should have happened. Yeah. Well, uh, in the In Trump Time book, uh, the canon of Steve Bannon are three words: action, action, action. And so, Stacy, as you as you have your show go by, it's like uh, we need to be urging people to run for school board, to run for their Republican local committees, and seize control because the Republican Party right now. Um, is having a crisis within itself. Uh, it's split between uh, the, the Republican Party of the working class built by Trump, uh, the deplorables, uh, the blue-collar workers, versus the Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Wall Street globalist, country club Republicans uh, that, that uh, work against the Trump agenda. And you can see that playing out um, in in states like Arizona and Georgia, I mean Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, he's like cut right from the corporate uh, Coca Cola, Delta Airlines, um, globalist cloth, and um, it's just, I mean, it's just a matter of action, 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 getting involved, and um, if you just sit back and complain, uh, that's not going to affect change. No, no, it's not. And and I've been advising people that when they call into the show, they feel hopeless. I don't know what I can do. What I can, well, what we can do is we can actually go to these state legislatures and tell these individuals, look, we elected you to do all of your job, which yes. includes managing elections and, and take action instead of just being angry or instead of just saying, you know, the election was stolen. There's nothing we can do about it. There's everything we can do about it. The audits are, are very yes. helpful. But I wanted to ask you, Peter, you know, because you looked into this so deeply and now you've written a book about it. So you have, you know, the, the, the groundswell of knowledge at your disposal. What we're talking about here is a concept that is routinely employed in the financial sector, the business sector, 
every area of public life that is on the, the, the commercial side, the business side, there are audits, there are inspections, there are ways that you can basically reconcile the books and make sure that what you're looking at, that what you're selling, quality control, there's, there are all these mechanisms. We don't employ that routinely on our elections. The fact that, that uh, people are calling for audits has caused other people to say, I can't believe you would do that. But we regularly audit banking institutions and every other part of our life yes. except for our elections. I call in the end Trump time book for full forensic audits, not just in the battleground states, uh, but in all 50 states, because my research, data-based, science-based, fact-based, has uncovered a very disturbing pattern um, of techniques that the Democrats put in place to uh, stuff the ballot box. I call it the grand stuff the ballot box strategy even as they took the election cops off the beat, doing away with just even even simple but sacred things like signature match. I mean, how do you determine whether an absentee ballot is legal in Georgia if a consent decree says you can't match the signature of the ballot to the signature on file? I mean, it's, 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 it's offensive in the extreme. And they say, well, we did the consent decree and then we changed it legally. Uh, yeah, but... But uh, no, that consent decree in itself is illegal. But even if it was, you can't make legal changes to facilitate illegal acts. Um, you know, it, 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 it might be legal for a city council to take all the police off the street, uh, but they got to then be responsible for the increase in the crime rate. Yeah, and in the case of the, the balloting and the elections, they have to be held responsible for anything that's found to be wrong afterwards. And and that all goes back to whether or not we allow people to assume roles that they don't have the right to assume. That's exactly right. And, and you know, in the Trump down book, there's, there's no shortage of villains. But, but on this election integrity thing, I do want to point out that Mark Zuckerberg uh, played a really outsized role in, in stealing the election in uh, the critical states of... Um, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. He, he, he effectively spent over half a billion dollars um, in those states. He spent more than the Trump campaign did when you, when you, when you focus it on the states he focused it on. And he, his money privatized public elections and uh, drop boxes, ballot harvesting, things that in Wisconsin, for example, were flat out illegally facilitated. And uh, we got what we got, and it's just it's just so outrageous. I mean, wean yourself from Facebook if you can, because no no good will come out of being on Facebook. Um, you know, I'm on uh, for Twitter. I, I'm 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 moving uh, steadily over to Getter. I call it the Twitter killer. Well, we've got to have our own social media. We can't be lining the pockets of of scurrilous people like. Jack Dorsey at Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and uh, Pete Chai over at uh, at the uh, first do evil Google. So yeah, the the getter replacement um, is 
Getter is the replacement for Twitter. I, a lot of Americans are waiting on President Trump's new venture um, that he just recently announced that should be going live in February for the replacement for Facebook, a, a site that will kind of replace everything using Getter, using President Trump's new social media giant Truth Social. Americans will finally have the freedom of of not being used for their data and also having a platform where they're not. Uh, you know, algorithm data of having access or what have you, no censorship. People are really looking forward to that, Peter. Well, it will be uh, it will be a liberating thing when when we aren't controlled by our social media. The power of these oligarchs. And again, I get into that. Another character in the In Trump Time book who plays an outsized role is George Soros. Uh, he funded the election of two, and I go I go at length in In Trump Time on this. Uh, two secretaries of state, uh, Kathy Bookfar in uh, Pennsylvania and Jocelyn Benson in Michigan, both willfully put in rules and regulations that they knew either skirted or were in violation of laws. Um, they had their wrists slapped, but they got away with it because uh, the measures they put in place were not rolled back in enough time to prevent the uh, the harm that those measures did. So the the big deal is uh, we saw an amazing election last week, and that was, you know, Virginia, it was New Jersey. We saw a lot of voters flip back to common sense uh, candidacies, and they were doing that in large part because of critical race theory. But also there were there are a lot of issues that the Democrats are tone deaf on, and it's proof that it isn't over, right, Peter? I, I, I know there's so much negativity out there, but the fact is if people could win last week, then that means we can win in 2022. But the key is people have to do what you've said, be active, participate. They have to vote, and they also have to believe that this can be uh, one back that we can actually make a change next year. Well, if if we win this, hold uh, win back the Senate majority and the House majority, um, if Kevin McCarthy's House majority leader and Mitch McConnell's Senate majority leader, I don't consider that a win. I consider those guys traitors to this country, um, and the. The this election needs to be a referendum on Trumpism, uh, and um, you know the double entendre of of the in Trump time coinage is not just as fast as possible. It's politics in the age of Trump, in the time of Trump, and um, people. And this, I'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm wary of what lies ahead here economically, and so we need to get involved more politically. I think is the bottom line, and, and in Trump time should be a call to action. Well, I really hope people will take this uh, as their call to action to get the book, to read it, and to be encouraged, because uh, one of the things that you just named off, Peter, about the, the leadership that we have, that it's time to move on from Mitch McConnell and McCarthy, these are things that a lot of people actually agree with, but they just don't know how to go about doing it. How, how do we exact that change? Because it's leadership and so much of who's in leadership is surrounded by fundraising and things that don't have anything to do with voting. But we can actually get good leaders in office. We had it with President Trump. Uh, we elected great people last week. Uh, in the in the special elections and the, with the midterms coming up, we have to make changes there as well. People should get the book in Trump time. The link is at the show notes at StacyOnTheRight.com and at the uh, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Peter, and for uh, having just this this discussion today. I really I enjoy having you on the show. Always a pleasure to be with you, Stacy. All right, you have a great day, sir. And that's the podcast. Another one in the books. 
So glad to have had you with us. Check us out at StaceyOnTheRight.com and FamilyVisionMedia.org. God bless.